to another special edition of Crown Conversations. Joining me today is the Silver Silver Seven Sands Managing Editor, Nate. Nate, thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So Silver Seven, it doesn't roll off the tongue. (laughs) It rolls off the brain, but it doesn't roll off the tongue. Silver Seven Sands obviously is the SV Nation Senator's blog. Uh, covering all things Ottawa. So let's talk about this game on Thursday. Both teams are bad. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, currently, the Kings are losing to the Maple Leafs, uh, a familiar, if painful, thing situation I'm sure Sens fans are familiar with. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry. It's all right. I mean, the, the Kings lose to their division rivals quite often too. So, you know, <laughs> um, anyway, so um, they have the same record excluding tonight where they both have, I think it's four wins in 14 games. The Kings might have five wins just based on, Winning, beating, I can't even remember who they played anymore, just based on their last victory. Um, but either way, not very good. No. Um, I mean, Ottawa's trying to be bad. Uh, so if you're looking from the context of what is this expected, um, you know, what do we think about our kind of outlook for the team? This is pretty much, I think, what any reasonable fan was expecting. Last year was. Uh, particularly painful for Sens fans because not only were they bad, um, but they traded away their first round pick as a result of the Matt Duchesne trade. Um, And so when they finished at the very bottom of the standings and then ultimately uh, drew the fourth overall pick, they didn't have it. So this year it's nice that every time they lose a game, you know, we don't have to worry about where the pick is going. Losing a game is, is not such a bad thing. So they're bad. Uh, I expected them to be bad. I think anyone that was being reasonable in their assessments of the skill on the team was expecting to be bad. So uh, it's bad, but like with a purpose. Okay, so they're actively trying to tank. Yes, they. I mean, they would. They would never say that. Uh, the way that Eugene Melnick and Pierre Dorian, the GM of the uh, team, frames it is they're embarking on their plan to have uh, five years of unparalleled success uh, <laughs> was, was the exact quote. 
So this is like one of the steps towards that. So, you know, they would never be so bold as to say we are tanking, but that's, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They're tanking. yeah uh, at least the Kings are honest about their tanking efforts. <laughs> I, I don't know for whatever that's worth. I mean, um, uh, Todd, I keep saying Todd McClellan. Um, Rob Blake was like, yeah, we're going for a top five pick next year. So their, their roster, um, the Kings roster, that is, does not inspire a lot of hope. But uh, in this game, we can expect some brown-on-brown, uh, brown, brown, I don't want to say violence because that's too strong of a word. But well, it could be violence. I mean, Dustin <laughs> Brown is not exactly known for his gentlemanly behavior. He's gotten better over the years. I have to defend Dustin Brown, former captain. Um, no, but he's actually – he has at least toned down the penalties, so that's far less stressful to watch as a Kings fan. Um, but, yeah, some brown-on-brown brown action. That should be fun. Well, yeah, actually, what it's funny you mentioned, you mentioned Connor Brown. He's been one of the biggest surprises, I think, pleasant surprises for, for Sens fans. He came over – uh, in the off season, as part of the Cody CC Nikita Zaitsev trade, uh, although we've got Cody CC in the sense got Nikita Zaitsev, uh, and in addition to that, as kind of a sweetener for that swap because Zaitsev's got such a poison pill of a contract, they they got Connor Brown uh, as as part of that deal basically, um, and in Toronto, Connor Brown was mostly utilized as a depth winger. He's like a third line kind of guy. In Ottawa, I think in an ideal situation, Connor Brown would be on your third line, but he's like Ottawa's bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's and, and I mean to this and to, to, to Connor Brown's like full credit, he's taking full advantage of the opportunities presented to him. Like he's getting power play time. Uh, and he's getting a lot of points. Like he's netted twelve points in fourteen games. Uh, so, you know, he's on pace for a career year in that regard. I I suspect, you know, he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. If he was a point-a-game guy, he would have shown that at, at some stage, even with the increased minutes. But no, Connor Brown, man, he's been he's been a, a real revelation uh, since he came over from the Leafs. Like, I, I and I think a lot of other people were pretty skeptical about his use to this team. Like, Ottawa's a bad team. He's 25. He's going to be 26 in January. You know, what are they doing with this guy? And he's been pretty good. Like that's, he's definitely been one of the bright spots. Is there anybody on the team that is besides Connor Brown, that has really been a pleasant surprise or, and maybe somebody who really doesn't get a lot of notice being that he does play in Ottawa and <laughs> Ottawa's bad. Good. That's a good question. Um, I think that, Thomas Shabbat obviously is like the actual star on the team. Uh, him and, and Brady Kachuk are the two kind of foundational pieces that Ottawa are hoping will be kind of, you know, what guides them into the next stage. And that along with, you know, whoever they, they get in this draft, hopefully like a kind of top star there. But, you know, so them, them being good this year wasn't really a surprise. Uh, I'd probably say that the other pleasant surprises were uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov, who came over from the Rangers as part of an in-season trade. Uh, again, kind of like Connor Brown, another guy who is a depth player on a good team. And so you kind of didn't know exactly what they were capable of. 
in an expanded role, and he's been quite good. Uh, he's been he's asked to do a lot more in Ottawa than he ever was in uh, Tampa Bay originally, and then you know with the Rangers as well. Um, and then Anthony Duclair has uh, actually had a surprisingly good start to the season. He had a pretty reasonable finish to last year um, in uh, in Ottawa after he uh, came over from Columbus, pardon me. But I think there was a good reason to kind of be skeptical of that. He's has, you know, bounced around the NHL a lot. Um, and he's actually been pretty good to start this year. So yeah, if I had to pick two, I'd probably say Nemestikov and, and Duclair have been kind of pleasant surprises. Is it bad that I forgot that the Duke was on Ottawa? <laughs> no, no, he's, he's, he's been on, uh, let's see, he's, he's on the Rangers and the Coyotes and the Blackhawks and the, Blue, and the Blue Jackets. This is his fifth NHL team and he's not even 25. Like he just turned, mm. like, turned 24 earlier this year. So, uh, <laughs> he's been a lot of places. It honestly, if he hadn't, he had a good end to last season in Ottawa, uh, you like, 13 or 14 points or something in 20-ish games. If he ah. hadn't done that, I'm not sure he'd be in the NHL right now. Like, mm. I'm maybe he would be, but I'm not totally sure just because he's bounced around so much. Well, you say that, but Scott Sabarin holds uh, an NHL roster spot. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> so Scott Scott Sabarin. Listen, good good local boy. Grew up in Orleans, which is just outside of Ottawa. Uh, and he has very much clawed his way to the NHL. Like I, I, you know, I've got to, I've got to give respect to someone who's stuck with the dream that long. He's 27, and he'd never sniffed the NHL before this year. Uh, so you know, respect to him for that. Obviously, the uh, I don't know if you guys were aware of this. He had a, he was a pretty severely concussed on the weekend in a game against the Bruins uh, after he tried to go hit on David Backus and, I don't know, collided with him funny. He was not unconscious. Uh, but, yeah, no, listen, if, if you know, a long-time journeyman like Scott Sabrin can make the NHL, like, you're, you're right. <laughs> and when he can't to some degree, I suppose, keep chasing the dream, right? Well, I guess you got to say something for his persistence. So, anyway, hey, here. <laughs> as I said, like, listen, thumb, thumbs up to him. Like, I am, uh, I live in Toronto now, but I was an Ottawa boy uh, playing on those outdoor ponds, you know, playing uh, hockey as a kid. And I always dreamed of playing for the set. So, if someone, you know, the Ottawa suddenly came knocking on my door and was like, come play for the Ottawa Center, it's like, I, I wouldn't turn that down. So, Cross to him, right? We will offer you approximately half of a million dollars to play. Done. I'm yeah. not asking questions. Done. <laughs> you don't even, yeah, even have to be that much. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He really wants to cut costs. Like, <laughs> there are ways for him to cut costs. Um, I, let's not go into the cost thing. Uh, that could be an easy segue, but we don't have that kind of time tonight. So... No. <laughs> Uh, everybody knows about, you know, Eugene Melnick and his, uh, let's put it this way, financial struggles. But um, who, oh, another question. Um, uh, anyway, here's hoping for a uh, full recovery for um, 
Scott Saverin, and uh, more power to him for making his dream come true. Absolutely. Okay, so Kings fans are pretty familiar with uh, Brady Kachuk's older, punchier brother. <laughs> punchier? Um, are you sure he's punchier? Brady's pretty punchy. Well, Matthew has calmed down supposedly in the last couple of years. Um, so I was actually going to ask you, I know Brady doesn't really see Matthew a whole lot, but who do you think is the better Kachuk? Oh, uh, I'm going to get pilloried for this, but right now I think it's pretty clearly Matthew. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean that as like a, a, a slight against Brady Kachuk, who, uh, I will happily eat crow on a little bit, uh, when the Sens drafted him you know, a year and a half ago in the uh, uh, 2018 draft, I was kind of skeptical. Um, I was definitely in the camp that wished they'd taken Philip Zadina. Uh, But Brady Kachuk has turned out super well, I think about as well as anyone could reasonably expect. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, someone who can drive a top line all by himself in the future. Like, I don't know if he's a star type player, but he's a good NHL or he's already a good NHL. Matthew Kachuk's good as hell though. I mean, <laughs> I <laughs> respect to Matthew Kachuk. That's what I meant when I say like, no, I'm not trying to, when I say I think Matthew Kachuk's clearly the better Kachuk, it's not because I think Brady's bad. I think, Brady, I think Brady's good. Uh, I think Matthew Kachuk's really good. Like, I think it, people, like to talk about like underrated players, like, oh, you know, Patrice Bergeron is so underrated. No, we talk about Patrice Bergeron all the time. Like, we know Patrice Bergeron is good. Like, Matthew Kachuk, I think, is legitimately underrated. He is a very, very good player. Does he live up to his reputation as a really tough player who has a tendency to um, get into penalty trouble? Yes. Uh, so actually, what, so yeah, yes, but I think but's a big important qualifier here. Brady Kachuk is remarkably good at drawing other teams into penalties. So one of the things I can promise you is that over the course of the game on Thursday, as a Kings fan, uh, you're going to hate Brady Kachuk because he is uh, a pest, definitely, and he's not afraid to get in people's faces, and he never stops moving his feet. He will, like, he's he's good for a lot of penalties drawn. He definitely he definitely takes some. He fights sometimes. I'm not a huge fan of that. I really wish he wouldn't. He's going to break his hands or give himself a concussion. So it's not like he doesn't take penalties, but he draws a ton of them. He's like Dustin Brown level of penalty drawing. Uh, okay. When, when Dustin was in his prime. Yeah, for sure. Dustin's getting a little older now. Yeah. <laughs> famed, yeah, he was part of that famed 2003 draft class. What a draft class that was. This upcoming one is supposed to be uh, just as deep, I hear. Oh, I, I have my fingers crossed for that. Like in Ottawa right now, the, the kind of the dream for Sens fans uh, is that San Jose continues to be bad because they Ottawa has San Jose's first round pick this year as part of the Ooh. Carlson trade. Um, I don't think, I, I mean, listen, I don't think San Jose is going to continue to be this bad, but in Ottawa's perfect world, they're bad. The kids get some good playing time and the Sharks are somehow bad too. Because if, <laughs> if the Sens can come out of this with, you know, like a top five pick 
and then like another top 10 pick that would be the dream that would be ideal yes absolutely ideal <laughs> yeah i totally get that we had two first round we uh the kings had two first round picks last year and it was just like oh wow okay actually you know for all the suffering that we did this isn't bad we got some pretty good picks yeah hey listen there, there's in sports you, you are selling one of two things uh, you are selling competence and competitiveness or uh, you're selling hope the sends can't sell competence or competitiveness right now <laughs> but they can they can sell hope they can really they can really sell hope based on uh, the upcoming draft so that's you know fingers crossed which i don't know if the kings are trying to sell that too like that begs the tanking question like, should I be happy if Ottawa wins or should I be happy if Ottawa loses? That's a, that's a really good question. I, I, I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> um, okay, just a few more questions and then, uh, then we'll wrap this up. But uh, I want to talk about Ottawa's blue line. Yeah. I, I don't know any of those names. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So um, obviously Tom Shabbat is, is the, the, the big name. Right. Uh, he was an all-star last year. Um, he just recently actually signed a major contract extension with Ottawa, which is kind of a big deal around here because, you know, not being able to sign stars to their extensions was the source of a lot of angst <laughs> and, and the Carlson and Stone trades. Um, so Shabbat's the big name. Um, he's playing with Nikita Zaitsev right now, who came over from the Leafs as part of the aforementioned CC trade. I've... I mean, listen, I'm not a big Nikita Zaitsev fan. He's, like, he's not especially good, but he's not, like, a total disaster either. And, you know, he's, he was with the Leafs when DJ Smith was with the Leafs. DJ Smith views him as reliable, so, you know, he's out there with Shabbat. So that's the, that's the top pair. Uh, the second pair right now uh, has been – and so the bottom two pairs are, are, are a little bit more of a mishmash because Ottawa's got um, – a bunch of left-handed shots. Ron Hainsey uh, and Mark Borbievsky are both left-handed shots. Uh, Hainsey's obviously been around forever. Uh, Borbievsky's a longtime veteran of the, of the Senators. Um, and they're trying to kind of integrate those two with uh, the kind of big star of the Mark Stone trade, uh, Eric Branstrom. Um, and Branstrom is kind of like slowly being eased into the NHL. He's not playing a ton of minutes. He was actually scratched tonight against the Islanders. And, you know, DJ Smith's kind of approach to that is, is trying to shelter Brandstrom and kind of play a bit of a mishmash with Borowiecki uh, and, and Hainsey. Um, and then the last piece of the puzzle is uh, Dylan DeMello, uh, who long-time Sharks defenseman and Sharks defense playing. So familiar with Dylan. Uh, he came over again as part of the Carlson trade. He's again, he's kind of like he's just kind of there. He's like a perfectly crumbling hockey player. Um, so to summarize, there's one really good player. Um, <laughs> there's one very promising player who's not quite there yet in Brandstrom, and then a bunch of guys. That sounds about right. <laughs> That's what I, you're <laughs> well, I, no, I just mean like I, I was looking at their their roster and I'm like, okay, the names sound familiar, 
but like Dylan DeMello, and then you were like, oh, he was on the Sharks. I was like, right, okay. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev, former Leaf, right. It's you kind of have to remind me who these people are. They're not. They're not. <laughs> no. Um, let's talk about the goaltending. Uh, Craig Anderson, Anders Nielsen. Uh, That's it. That's neither it. are very young. Uh, no. Though I mean, hey, and Anderson is. This is this is likely Craig Anderson's last season. Um, I would be surprised if he catches on, on anywhere else. He's he's 38 now. Um, he'll be 39 by the end of this season, basically. Um, listen, Craig Anderson's probably the the best goalie in Senators history at this point. Uh, he's been with the team. I mean, that's I'm, all respect to Craig Anderson. That also says a lot about Ottawa's sordid history of goaltending. Um, <laughs> He's he's he was been very good. He was very good for many years in Ottawa. The last three have been rough. Um, his contract's up after this year. As I said, he's going to be 39 when the season ends. Like he's going to play, you know, 30 games or something this year. I think maybe 40, and that, that's going to be it. Uh, and you know, much thanks to to Craig Anderson, he was great. Uh, Anders Nielsen is more in keeping with what Ottawa is kind of hoping to do with their team uh, in the sense that they've got a bunch of goalie prospects right now uh, in the AHL. They've got two Marcus Hogberg and um, uh, Gustafson are their two kind of top goalie prospects. And I think what the team is envisioning is, you know, Nielsen's 29 uh, he will be able to, and they just signed him to a contract uh, in the off season. So I think the hope is that, you know, this year they'll start phasing out Craig Anderson. Uh, and then next year he'll be off the books altogether and it'll be Nielsen plus, you know, one of the young goalies and see where it goes. Um, but yeah, like much like the rest of this team, the goaltending is just kind of like, well, if it's not so good this year, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> we're not we're not actively trying to make it super good like it's it's okay that Craig Anderson is like 38 and you know on very much on his last legs as an NHL goalie cuz like you know it doesn't matter basically. who do you think will start on Thursday Nilsson likely uh he's taken over as the de facto starter at like <laughs> right now at least um Anderson went tonight and he got beat up a bit uh Nilsson, Nilsson's the guy. He's he's taken over, and, and in my estimation, and like the way the coach has been playing him lately, it's uh, I think it's Anders Nilsson. Ed, Anderson definitely, Craig Anderson kind of got a shot to, to kind of show that maybe he still had it out of like deference to him as the as the bat, but he just he doesn't have it anymore. Okay, last question. Then we will get into predictions. Sure. Um, Let's talk about special teams because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, a sore point. <laughs> um, <laughs> LA's penalty kill is bad. It is last in the league. Um, and well, they moved up a little bit, it looks like. They were last in the league like two days ago. Um, but the, the Senators, they are not a whole lot better. No. No, their um, they, they, their their power play started the year 
with some incredible streak I can't remember anymore. It was like, oh, over their first 25 or 30, uh, just disastrous start to the season. Uh, they haven't exactly been good since then. I'm pretty sure they're still dead last in power play percentage. They, they are. Just, yeah. <laughs> I think they're sub 10%, which is... 7.7. Oof, that's that's a good one. That's that's bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, listen, they just I I was actually I was kind of off. This is gonna sound weird. I was mildly optimistic about their power play coming in the season because like I'm a big Thomas Shabbat believer and I'm a big Brady Kachuk believer. Now I wasn't always, but I'm you know I've I, I think those two guys are two good pieces on your power play. And my basic thinking was like you know they're not gonna be a top of the league team because they don't honestly have the talent, but you know, maybe they'll be somewhat competent, but man, they've been bad. Uh, it's, it's been a bad scene. Um, and they just don't have the talent. Like the, the more you watch them play, this, they're trying to do the right thing structurally, but they just can't. They just don't have the talent to do it. Uh, penalty kill's been kind of up and down. Um, there've been there've been some some really good moments and they've actually scored a bunch of short penalty goals. Uh, they've got from a Kings fan perspective, the thing you're going to want to watch for is that they do employ a couple guys in uh, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot and Anthony Duclair on the PK who will try to score shorthand goals. In fact, actually Peugeot scored one tonight. So they're fast. They're fast as hell. If you make a mistake with the puck in the middle of the ice, they'll, they'll, they'll they'll make you pay. Um, So yeah, that, that kind of aspect of the penalty kill, one of the only bright spots this season too. So we can't really expect a whole lot between these two teams, uh, or at least from the special teams. I, actually, what I'm kind of like secretly hoping is that the Kings penalty kill, I'm just looking at the numbers and my God, that's bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, atrocious. So kind of like, you know, you know, Im- immovable object meets uh, the unstoppable force here. Like <laughs> something, something has to give a little bit. Um, so actually, you know what? I'm kind of excited to see a penalty kill this bad. That's like, that's really exciting. Like a week ago, they were absolutely dead last. They overtook Winnipeg for the worst penalty kill in the league. I was like, oh, this is so depressing. They're still sub-70 of them. That's, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. They, they're getting a little better. Um, they just need to stop taking so many effing penalties it's just like they're very they tend to be rather undisciplined which is very frustrating to watch no kidding jesus oh i didn't realize this but apparently ottawa is second in the league four times shorthanded oh yeah no this the sends the sends are taking a ton of penalties this year there's i i think you know, what we could be in store for is a lot of bad special teams. Play. So this could either end up being like a 2-1 game or like a 6-5 game. I'm not oh, yeah. quite, I'm not quite sure which one I want. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, listen, when, when you have two teams like this playing, like, anything is possible. We, like, you know, nothing is off the board. 
watch it be like a zero zero game that goes to like a 20 round shootout. No, no. <laughs> There's no way they're not both teams are that defensively responsible. No, that that would not <laughs> not happen with these two teams. <laughs> not with saying. not with their goaltending and not with their defense. <laughs> All right, so uh, what are your predictions for this game? Anything goes. Um, uh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we're going to get a 4-3 game for Ottawa net, um, and the Sens are going to break out of their power play funk, and they're going to score three power play goals. Pretty uh, Kachuk's going to get two of them from right in front, which is what he always does. That's my prediction. Oh, I don't like your prediction. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I can't blame you for rooting for your team. <laughs> well, Nate, thank you so much for joining me tonight. No, no problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. You have a great one. Thank you.